Welcome to Redesigning High School, the home edition. I'm Terry DeBow, English teacher and director of special projects here at Hawken outside of Cleveland. And I'm Julia Griffin, director of the Mastery School of Hawken. Uh, we're back for another episode that uh, we're going to talk some more about uh, remote learning and, uh, and teaching. Um, but before that, Julia, I need to send a quick thank you to our listeners. Uh, I got an email yesterday. Uh, we found out that we had hit 4,500 downloads on our podcast, which uh, I think was pretty cool. That's very cool. You know, when we started this I, yeah. thing, I don't think we had any sense if there were actually people. We, we hoped that people would be out there, but I don't know. It was a nice email to get. And uh, I want to thank, make sure, you know, we thank and acknowledge those people who have been listening over the last, you know, it's almost been a, it a year. I don't know how long it's been. It's been a while. Um, so well, thank you. It's been more than a year, I think. Has it? Yeah. yeah. It's all. Yeah. Well, that's it? awesome news. Yes. Well, time's a flat circle, so I don't remember anymore, but we are, uh, we're grateful for people who are listening. And if you are a fan, um, please tell other people about it. I know that there are some parents who listen, so we'd love for parents to tell other parents. And if you're an educator, tell other educators, you know, if you find them valuable. Um, so anyway, I wanted to start with a thank you. So thanks for listening. So today we are focusing on one of the most important uh, and sometimes elusive goals of remote teaching and learning, which is how to create a meaningful sense of community um, without some of the, the go-to ways and strategies that as teachers we, we tend to use when we're all in the same place. Um, so we're thrilled to be joined today by our wonderful colleague, Heidi Wilbrandt. Um, Heidi, in, uh, to use the independent school phrase, Heidi wears many hats at Hawken. Um, she is a humanities teacher, the program director for girls soccer, um, co-dean of the 10th grade class. Uh, she's on the diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice team. Um, and she's just a general all-star. Am I missing anything, Heidi? Is that you pretty much? Uh, yeah, that's, that's me every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day, all day. Every day, all day. That's good. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, absolutely. It's yes. good, to, good to see familiar faces. Yeah. Well, so right before we left and did this, you did a presentation, you did a Loom presentation too about how to do this work. So you've been talking to us uh, on the faculty um, about how to think through creating community and how to do it in this virtual environment. Um, so before we dig into that, can you just talk in general about why community and connection are so important for teenagers? And I would argue they're teachers, but why is this such an important issue? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as, as educators, we know that if we only focus on kind of the academic side of our students, we miss, uh, you know, 98% of who they are, right, outside of our classrooms. And so um, creating space where kids can really bring their whole selves is really crucial for um, my classroom experience in part because I think back to me as an introvert who is pretending to be extroverted in class so that I could you know raise my hand and and participate in ways that um, were to please the teacher and please my classmates and then I think about um, all the other different pieces of my identity that in some ways I had to check at the door in order to participate in that classroom so um, for me, it's just really important to think about community as that safe, safe space, that safe place where kids can bring their full selves. And so um, that's, 
easier to do face-to-face -face when you can kind of read expressions and you can read body language and you can think about um, how you as the teacher fit within whatever power dynamic is going on in the class when you need to insert yourself when you know kids might be able to figure things out on their own but um, on a digital space that doesn't always work that way so this is this was immediately something that I was thinking about when we started talking about switching to virtual learning was oh man so how do I how do I create that safe space again right because it's gonna look very different so um, that was that was kind of what I was thinking about. So tell us more about what the we've been doing this for about four weeks now, right? So so yeah. tell us more about what the the last four weeks have been like for for you and your classes in in how you um, have navigated that transition and and how it's going. Yeah, um, in some ways, I um, I didn't want to kind of over program that space at the beginning. Um, I really wanted it to be the the virtual classroom to be a place where kids can connect with each other, and so um, at least on Zoom, I utilize breakout rooms um, every class period. But it also comes from, um, or we start with a reflection question, so a check in in some capacity where the kids get the information, they get the the kind of daily check in question. And then they split up into small groups and kind of share out. So um, an example check-in question that we used earlier this week was if, you're, if your feelings were an animal, what would you be? <laughs> and so mm -hmm. we, they were able to connect and share with each other. And then I pop into each of the different breakout rooms and um, we have conversation around, you know, kind of what they're doing academically, but I always ask them, so what was your answer to the question of the day? And that in many ways is kind of where they can light up and they can be kind of funny in some ways, their personalities can come through. It also gives me a lot of information as a teacher where, you know, if I have a room, a breakout room and all four kids in that breakout room say their animals are sloths, right? Like that is a huge piece of information for me. So I can circle back and check back in with them and see how they're doing. Um, but it also lets them know that, while someone might be a sloth in that situation and feel that way, somebody else might feel like a lion and have energy to give and be more playful with things. So um, it allows them to kind of see um, how they can support each other in those spaces. So that's really been kind of my initial go-to, at least for the first two weeks. Um, things have shifted a little bit as, uh, you know, the kind of semester is wearing down and, um, Kids are, um, you know, the just the lack of human connection is really rough for them right now. Um, but I, it's kind of forced me to step up my game a little bit and be a little bit more creative as to what the questions we ask are, um, how we connect, how we're looking at um, what each other needs. And so humor in some ways has been kind of that go-to uh, for most of my classes within the past week or so. We've switched into that just being silly and goofy um for part of the time well it seems yeah. like this is such a challenge i mean i've i'm teaching two of these courses mine both are the always the first class of the day so they start at at nine which i know in in yeah. the world in the real world is a kind of a luxurious time to start but for teenagers 9 a.m if yeah. they're given the choice that's that's roll out of bedtime right so i've had a, i've really noticed the energy starting to drag 
And, um, and I'm wondering if you have advice or tips, I mean, you gave one there, but like, what else can you tell us <laughs> about how to, to sustain this? Because not only is the semester wearing on the, the, you know, not yeah. to be too much of a drag here, but you know, the reality of the situation we find ourselves in is wearing, you know, they're the, the, the solutions are, are unclear. You know, I have a group of seniors. They found out that not only are we not going to be able to do a, you know, a graduation ceremony, but we're not even able to really plan something in the summer. So the weight of it's beginning to wear down, wear on people. And I'm just wondering, do you have any, any advice or tips about how we might be able to do this um, in a sustained way to create this community? Yeah, so um, I've actually been thinking about that a lot, in part because if I think about my advisory, I see them, you know, every other day, and we we had a strong relationship going into this, but um, they are very much, uh, they're a more quiet group, um, so there's no, that idea of playfulness, and um, it's just something that has to be cultivated intentionally. And so um, I've been doing a series of different games that we play and we keep score. So we've, we played categories um, and you can do kind of quick lightning rounds. So we did a quick five minute round of categories um, and it, it is revealing in a lot of ways, the kids' personalities coming through and you have kids who are thinking totally out of the box and then that actually allows you to use that as leverage for continued conversation as, as a probing why would they were thinking that way or what was what was going through their head when they decided you know that this was this was the word that they were going to use so um i think quick things like that i also um do kind of daily challenges where kids will bring i'll give them a um a prompt where it's like bring um a family heirloom to class today and we'll share out what that you know means to your family and so it gives some insight into uh, their home life and who you know how they see themselves but it's also kind of a low stakes way for them to share a piece of themselves when they they might normally not so I think it's um, you know today's question was what would you bring something that you couldn't live without on a deserted island right and so I had, I had a student bring a pocket knife, show his pocket knife. I had a student, you know, think really literally about that. I had, a, I had one student bring a stick. I don't know where he got this huge <laughs> stick. He brought it into class. It was a good laugh for all of us, right? Um, you know, I shared, I shared that I love my cat so much, I would force the cat to come with me. And so it was, just, it was a good way for us to kind of break the ice, but um, gain insight into how we're all trying to uh, still stay sane in this type of environment so it, it does seem yeah. like the prioritize you're prioritizing the emotional well-being of, of of students as opposed to getting to the content or making sure they get have enough so that they can do the next assignment and all of that it seems like your focus is, is definitely more on on that dimension is that accurate well yeah and and partially because we only have a limited amount of face time, right? So with our class schedule, I only see them 30 minutes every other day. And that, um, that is such, I like, that is like gold to me <laughs> in terms of um, how we can continue to maintain those relationships. And so academically, I know I, the kids have deadlines, they know what they need to do. They're still on track and, and we do check in meetings. So 
um, that is definitely part of my overall schedule and, and how I'm setting up classes. But I would much rather, you know, what a, know what a kid is thinking and feeling about their situation than, than, you know, whether they have constructed the perfect sentence. And so I think in this moment, that is what I have to prioritize um, because it's, it's their well-being and, you know, their, their ability to develop as that whole child doesn't go away just because they're stuck in their house. So um, well, I think for me, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Heidi. No, I was going to say, and I think for me, that's what I would, that's what I would want and need another adult or another person to do for me is those check-ins. So um, I can at least afford that to my students. Yeah, I, I think that's so well said and so important. Um, and I, I would even go further, which is to say, you know, we know from cognitive science, right, that if a student is angry, if they are disconnected, if they are deeply sad, like it doesn't matter what learning goals you have for them today, they're going to be living in how they feel. And you can be living in the space of let's talk about the odyssey, but it doesn't matter um, to them. So we know those things in a more typical classroom situation, right? But as you know, we were, we were talking actually a little before we started recording about how this moment in history is functionally representing in many ways an adverse childhood experience for anyone um, who's, a, who's under 18 right now. And so um, in this time of disruption, I think it takes the stakes for all of that work that you're talking about, Heidi, and that you're doing, it takes the stakes up even higher. Um, exactly as you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, I taught middle school for the first 10 years of my career, and we were always talking about the the two kind of metaphors we're using is that the baseball cap, right? So they're wearing a different hat every single day, trying on a different part of themselves. Um, but then they're also carrying that invisible backpack around, and you don't know what's in that. You don't know what they're bringing to school. And so um, for me, that idea doesn't just live in middle school, it lives in all of us. Um, and so trying to connect on that social emotional level is really crucial if we are going to have any type of conversation about their academic performance. So um, I really, I, those two visuals really stick with me um, every time I engage and interact with kids. Yeah, well, it makes me wonder about the reverse too. Uh, in other words, like, are there things that you think students you know, teenagers can be doing to maintain this connection. Um, and, you know, I don't think we have thousands of listeners who are <laughs> under the 18, but I think some of their parents might be listening. Is there anything, any advice you might give on what we can do to help students, you know, teenagers, um, how they might approach school and, and with connection at their, at the front of their mind? Yeah. I mean, I think that this is in some ways, um, I've talked to a handful of students who, so the, let me, I should back up a little bit. All of my um, courses right now are working on group projects. Um, and so they're in groups of three, four, a handful that have five. And so just that, those regular touch-ins, those regular connections, those touch points um, are, I think, crucial for them, not just academically, but being in that same digital space. And um, in some ways, it's, it's kind of going back to, you know, preschool development in terms of parallel play. Um, you know, kids are doing separate things. They're working on separate things, but they're in that space together. 
Um, and yes, this is virtual, but I think that it's that connection piece that's that, that is very different than sitting alone on your bed and doing homework. So um, I was fairly intentional in making sure that every student was working together in a group. Um, and I think that that is something that can translate then into kind of the broader, um, beyond school, the broader environment that we're in. Um, I think about, so coaching is a huge part of my identity and what I do. And I think about my soccer teams right now that I coach and we are regularly meeting up via Zoom. I'm running, you know, a session, a foot skill session with the team so that they can all see each other and all kind of work out together. Um, we're doing team dinners where, or team meal where they sit down and we just eat and talk and share together. So I think it's that, again, going back to that idea of community, just because we're, we're not able to physically be in the same space, that need for um, camaraderie and connection doesn't go away. So we just have to get a little bit more inventive in how we, um, how we promote that and how we support that. So I have a, uh, like the bonus round question for you um, with okay. all of this. And it relates to the challenges that I know you're working on like right now, which is about remote intensives. So wow. something that I'm struck by and I am thinking about a lot, and I think we all maybe are thinking about a lot is the degree to which maintaining community, and I use the word maintaining deliberately here, in a remote context, um, it's really helpful to have existing relationships, existing routines, um, and things to draw on. So you're about to start teaching a remote intensive in uh, ooh, two weeks. Um, <laughs> too with, soon. Too not, soon. To, not to freak anyone out, sorry. Um, with a group of students who, some of whom you may have taught and others you may not, but a group that hasn't been together as a class before. So I just am curious, as you're starting to think about that, are there, uh, what, what, are, what are your ideas and what are your, the things you're wondering about or thinking of trying um, to help create community? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, in part because there are, uh, yeah, maybe only one or two students I've taught before um, in this intensive, so that, that for me is new. Um, but I think the key, just like when you start off your school year, the key to building that safe environment and that, that community space is um, leading with vulnerability. So I, as, as kind of the teacher in that space, I'm putting myself out there in terms of um, identity exploration and sharing. Um, I always share a lot of stories about myself um, and my growth as either a learner or, um, you know, as a, as an athlete, whatever, whatever the topic may be. Um, and so I'm, I'm always trying to model bringing my identity into that spaces, those spaces, and then model um, those moments of vulnerability for students. You can't, you can't expect them to share parts of themselves if they haven't, you know, initially, if they don't initially feel trusted or have trust in that space. And so um, the more modeling I can do, the better. So um, I guess in this way, I have to be a little bit more creative in terms of how they're going to express that and share that um, mm. within the different spaces. But the, I, I think the principles are the same. If I can continue to model that vulnerability and bring my whole self and more of my whole self into that space, uh, you know, I'm hoping by the first week that they will feel more comfortable sharing themselves and their work within those spaces as well, because 
This is this is much more about um, that community intensives are about the community, right? About getting out into the community, about building community, about um, sharing yourself with the community. So just because we can't do that physically doesn't mean that it has to all go away. So um, that's kind of what I'm grappling with right now. And I, I think that that safety aspect, bringing your whole self into that space is what is going to allow kids to share whatever they are creating um, within the intensive in a space that they feel safe. That's really powerful. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm teaching a, uh, an intensive with students I don't know. Um, and I have to think hard about that. So uh, I, I will offline come back to you and say, Heidi, what are you doing? To make, yeah, I have, to I have lots of suggestions or, yeah, well, or things that may work, might not work. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well, great. Well, you know, I just want to thank you for taking the time to do this, uh, yeah, another Zoom call um, in, a, in a pandemic, uh, but you, uh, you had great advice and a great perspective. So um, thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Um, as always, I want to thank Nick Fletcher for uh, editing these podcasts, putting them out there. Again, if you like the podcast, you can review it on iTunes. You can follow us on social media. You can subscribe to the newsletter. There's so much you can do if you like redesigning school. Um, and uh, we will be back next week, Julia, with another episode. Um, and until then, uh, thanks for joining. <laughs>